Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards, and you have found the Dad's Drinking Bourbon Podcast. This is our midweek podcast in which we introduce what we're going to be drinking this weekend, but this weekend's a little bit different because I'm going to be flying home, so we are not going to have a Sunday show. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker. Say hello to the folks, Zeke. Hello, hello, hello. Happy to be here and hope to provide another uh, fun evening for everyone. And I hope Zeke is not going to smack his lips as much as he did last time because it took me two days to edit. Some things you can't You help. just did it again. There's there's good sugars in these bourbons. I, I can't help that. They, they stick from time to time. It does happen. It does happen. They do stick. Zeke is has lost a lot of weight uh, recently because he did donate his man bun to Locks of Love, which is another big thing that happened. I'd be remiss if I did not bring that up this week. Not Locks for Love, Wigs for Kids. It's uh, specifically dedicated to, obviously, pediatrics. And furthermore, they don't charge any of the patients for their wigs, which I understand Locks for Love actually he does in the back end i've seen some comments about that but so do you do you have a website do you know is it wigsforkids.com wigsforkids.com help out the kids we are actually uh this is interesting because it, it's happened a couple times if you followed us on instagram we have been relegated out to the garage tonight because we don't have a place to record all the time and if the wives and kids are asleep we can't be inside making noise and waking everybody up so we are in zeke's garage tonight we are going to be drinking for you all again we are not going to be around sunday unfortunately there is a sickness in my family and i'm going to be traveling this weekend but we will be giving you a regular podcast next week and we will be live the sunday after thanksgiving so that's something to look forward to but we have a pretty big show this week right zeke Indeed, indeed. It's BTAC season. It's Pappy. However you want to look at it, season, quote unquote. And we, we threw some ideas around and, and wanted to, to touch on it, but at the same time, try and stay relevant. We talked about doing various entries in the BTAC lineup. Those are really hard to do a side-by-side on or compare because they are very novel and, and unique in, in each of their own ways. So what we decided to come up with was a side-by-side including 10-year-old Rip Van Winkle 107 proof Weller Antique store pick non-chill filtered 107 proof and just a regular Weller Antique 107 proof pick. Which is really interesting because a lot of people have been saying, I mean, if you think about our philosophy and, and our philosophy is that store picks are the wave of the future, that, that, you know, stores can go out, they can honey pick a barrel, they can actually find some barrels that are really, really, really good. And if you trust somebody's palate, you could find somebody at the store that is going to be better than some of that allocated bourbon. So that's something that we want to put to the test. Zeke, have you ever had any luck finding Pappy out in the wild? When I've seen it, the price tag was more than secondary, and if anything, I took pictures and sent it to you (laughs) or other friends, and we all laughed and said, no way. Nope, nope, nope. I, unfortunately, have never been lucky enough to go find a Pappy in the Wild. I, I hope one day it happens. I see stories, and I don't know how much to actually believe when somebody goes, oh, I was just driving around, and I happened to go in this random store and look what was on the shelf. I don't know how much I believe that or how much they're trolling other people on the internet. I I would love for it one day to happen to me. I don't think you and I spend enough money to be one of the people that actually gets it in the stores, and if you think about what happens with Pappy, a lot of the people that get Pappy are the people that spend a lot of money on wine each month, and then 
they spend so much at the the store each year that they're going to get it that way, right? Exactly. And that train of thought or philosophy, I totally agree with. A second one would be random raffles. Put some names in a hat, draw them out, see what comes of it. And or, as John mentioned, you know, just save it for your best customers. They're putting food on your table at night. And we're okay with that. We understand that when you have to take care of the people that are spending the most at your store, we get it. I think the raffles, you know, it's disturbing sometimes to see the people in the raffles are just going to go sell it right away. Not in the sense that, you know, hey, it's a free market. You go do what you want to do. But when you have people that want to drink it that are camping out all night, and then the second the guy gets back in the car, he puts a crowd shot up on the internet and he's off there flipping it. I think that's one of the things that could be a bummer in it. I think it makes some people like us who have kids and have lives that we can't get away from. Not that they have that ability to go do that it kind of makes it tough for us to go enjoy something like that oh yeah exactly then that was where i was leading into was the 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 camp out all night waiting line etc to me that's just the, the least desirable on all ends for people either way someone's liable to flip and move it you're taking someone that obviously can go devote 12 hours of nothingness to just sitting there at least for the raffle y'all have seemingly a fair chance and or if you're selling to your best employees you're taking care of your business that's your baby you're nourishing it no one's gonna fault you for that and plenty of our favorite stores do that and we never even think of asking for things we don't expect it it is what it is as long as they save a store pick for us of their good stuff that's what we really care about it's interesting though that we bring this up because when you think about you could still wait overnight or you could go in a raffle and there's no guarantee that these places are selling and and not the ones that we really like but some of the ones that are a little bit shadier some of them might not be selling this at MSRP for Old Rip, that's going to be $59.99. If you look at the MSRP for Old Weller Antique, it's going to be about $25. Not every store is selling these for $60 and $25. That's something to keep in mind as well. You know, I see Old Rip going for $120 when I hear about a raffle. And that's, you know, perfectly the norm, I would say. And you can't really fault a store for for kicking it up a little and making a little extra money especially but that's interesting in- you're so so if you think about the the take you had last week on peerless your biggest knock on peerless was that they're going ahead and they're selling something for 120 bucks well my stance is the raffle versus taking care of your own if you're raffling you don't know who's getting what what they're going to do with it it could be joe schmo off the street that just is what it is so yeah kick it up a little bit make sure you get some extra money it's it's a business if you own your own with the distillery it's a business it's a business for the distillery as well right i mean let's be honest what is corn and grains and water costs they're making there's taxes they're getting taxed a lot they're getting there's there's a lot of other costs the distillery is going to have more overhead than the liquor store is going to have because there's going to be distribution there's going to be accounting there's going to be marketing there's going to be the distillers i'm pretty sure they're not hurting let's just be honest but a craft distillery that's starting up opposed to uh heaven hill that is now the the biggest producer in the world um those aren't apples to apples i don't think we can go down that road but we were talking about craft distiller last week so when you think about pappy and the old rip line i think that's interesting because they are not necessarily they're owned by buffalo trace sazerac but it's a subset of 
the distillery. It's not are they actually owned, or they pay a fee to have them hold their juice and let them pick their barrels. No, they're owned. So it it's owned by Sazerac. It's still Julian Van Winkle the third who's in charge of the line now, but they are a Sazerac company. Interesting. Yeah. What we do here, if you haven't listened to us before, is Zeke and I do blind tastings. We want you to rethink the way you drink, and a lot the way that we do that is by doing blind tastings. We we aren't bias necessarily by the brand name and we try to figure out which one we actually like the best right see indeed and it's a i guess you could say a learned doctrine that we picked up from folks older and uh you know wiser than us and, and drink better juice than we may ever get to put our lips on but it is a a very fun way to experience bourbon if you never have or any spirit for that matter the the mind plays tricks on everyone blind yourself taste it take some notes and then, uh, you know, find out on the back end and, and, and see how accurate you were or were not. And Zeke is, is very good on the nose. I am more good on the taste because I'm a big guy. You know, what we, what we do is, is we blinded each other. I know what Zeke's three are. He knows what my three are. We haven't talked about this beforehand. So it's going to be figuring this out together. Sometimes we get it wrong. I still can't believe last week I put Handy last when we did our Rye, uh, challenge. Well, everyone did. Yeah, I still can't believe I put Handy last. So that's something to think about when we're doing this. If if we were to look at the brand names there, you would think you would put something that's BTAC up at the top. I put it down at the bottom. I almost said up at the bottom, but I put it down at the bottom. No, and uh, honestly, get three or four things if you can. Find a theme between them, mashes, sources, distiller, you know, however you want to look at it. But something where you, you, you can't obviously pick it up, you know, putting a rye with all corn or, or something else that would just be blatantly obvious. But, you know, really have fun and enjoy these things with your friends and peers. It's fun just to sit around and shoot the breeze and, and learn something. Yeah, and that's what we want to do. So while Zeke is tasting and nosing because he likes to nose for a long time, I am going to tell you a little bit about Old Weller Antique as well as Old Rip Van Winkle. I'll give a little bit of context behind what we're actually going to be drinking and then we're going to get into the flight. A little bit about Old Weller Antique. Old Weller Antique was named after William LaRue Weller who was born in 1825 and died in 1899. The legend has it that he was the first to straight bourbon using wheat in the mash bill instead of rye. So his first wheated bourbon was produced in 1849. You know, the mash bill has changed over the years. Right now, we really... It's not confirmed, but it's about 75% corn, 20% wheat, and 5% malted barley. Old Rip Van Winkle was a part of the Stitzelweller Distillery and Julian Van Winkle. The Van Winkle family was out of the, the Stitzelweller Distillery in 1972, but the fun fact about Stitzelweller is that it opened on Derby Day, Kentucky Derby Day in 1935. It was closed in 1992 when it was owned by United Distillers. Weller was actually sold to Buffalo Trace in 1999 at the same time Old Fitz was sold to Heaven Hill. That's kind of how Stitzelweller split up. If you know anything about Stitzelweller, Bullet Bourbon is actually made there right now, but it's a great place to go. The Rip Van Winkle brand was resurrected after 1972 by Julian Van Winkle II. He used old whiskey stock from Stitzelweller initially until they got things up and running again. In 1981, Julian Van Winkle III took over. He is 
is the guy who is in charge of it today. His kids have gone in and they've started all those Pappy clothing lines and Pappy food lines and Pappy chocolate lines and Pappy cigar lines. And there's there's all these Pappy branded, you could get Pappy t-shirts now and Pappy Glencairn glasses. That's all stuff that his kids have done, but it is still staying in the Van Winkle name. One of the things that's interesting about Van Winkle, and this is outside of just old Rip, this is all of the Van Winkles. They've been kind of reticent to make a bigger production on that because they're afraid that they're going to have unused inventory. And if the bourbon climate changes, they don't want to have things that they can't sell. So right now they have about six to 8,000 a year barrels that they produce. And they're thinking about raising it to about 15,000 a year by 2025. They want to cut down on that long-term risk. And if you think about it, it really makes it something that's coveted and allocated by limiting that production that's there. So Zeke, you've had a, a minute to, to nose all of these. While you talk about what you found, I am going to go ahead and nose mine. Well, I definitely found that they're all bourbon. So that, that, <laughs> that, that's good to, to start things off. Let's see here. Moving left to right, the first glass right up on the nose. I thought it was really a, a super cherries what I wrote down. Upon a, a second uh, revisiting, I came up with some slight astringency and moving across the board number two i got the same cherry as i did the first one and then in my own words i put down some roughage on the periphery after fathom that a little bit more i think roughage could equal age statement again we have two owas picks which are not age stated the old rip is a 10 year so that's kind of where my head drifted to but the weller antique should be at least seven is what you know people will say yeah anything weller and then on the third one i honestly thought the nose was was pretty flat i surprisingly couldn't pick much off of it even after uh drifting away and refreshing back to it it still didn't jump up at me by any means so uh, i'll leave my commentary as just a flattish nose on that one working my way back across the first one compared to the second with a little more attention i will say there was more astringency but not the roughage which Again, lack of better words, I'm just going to equate roughage to a little more time in the barrel and or a 10-year age statement. So that's it? That's all you got? That's where I went with noses. Was there one that you liked the best out of those? That Between one and two, it, it's literally a toss-up. Uh, as, as I said, one had more astringency, I thought, which I'm just going to attribute to a little bit less age. The other had you know, what I called roughage, which I think is age. I would say I'm 50-50 on which one I think is going to taste better better but uh i'm looking forward to both to say the least and and also interested to see what you found as you uh put a nair or two in some of these glasses so is roughage like cabbage and lettuce and that, that's what i think of when i think of roughage. i don't know you know i'm georgia hick i mean I, I i did at least go to college for a few years but the, the words i throw out there don't always attribute to a whole lot but you always have good you know similes and metaphors so you, did did you have any good similes and metaphors for this one? I, I just see roughage is age. It's kind of. Do you know what a simile and a metaphor is? Yeah, one uses like. Oh, well, Zeke is a the, doctor. The, the simile so. uses like because it has eyes in it. Metaphor does not because there's no eye in metaphor or like. Well, something. The simile is like or as. Yeah, simile yeah. has two eyes. Like has one. Metaphor has no eyes, so there's no like in it. Oh, they taught me that in grad school. <laughs> 
that's that's why you get paid more than me <laughs> so but no uh literally the the roughage is just we'll call roughage an age statement for tonight for all uh all intents and purposes number three for me had a distinct nose that was a lot different than the other noses that were there i think that there's a similarity on the nose between one and two i got fruity sweet apples a little bit of hazelnut but it was a very clean you know not necessarily astringent for me but it was a very clean nose and a very clean there wasn't a lot of other stuff mixed in there it was very clean the taste for me for number one was apple caramel vanilla cinnamon it was light on the oak on the taste but the oak really came through along with some spices on the finish for me uh it was medium thickness not not thin but not not super thick number two for me it was similar to number one but was more thin on the taste i did get a little bit of nutmeg spices vanilla caramel on the the nose the taste was very caramel leather and oak for me but it was very very thin compared to the other two the finish was a lot more oak for me on this one the third for me was the nose was very distinct it was dark chocolate blackberry the taste i I wrote so silky smooth vanilla caramel coated my tongue on this one it was very gummy it was like you were chewing gum when you actually chewed on this one the finish was oak but this one tastes so much more rich than the others you know when i looked at this and i did some deductive of reasoning and I was trying to figure some of this stuff out I think number one is old Rip Van Winkle number two is the chill filtered store pick and number three is the non-chill filtered store pick which you would actually be spot on what first time John's hit the uh, hat trick and or I guess 100% since uh, since we've been doing these which I, I'm by no means touting my own horn and saying that I have either (laughs) normally I I do something dumb we, we we both miss quite a bit and ideally after we miss we can rationalize in our heads so who knows people maybe we are progressing with our intellect here i'm i'm not gonna bet the house on that i'm not even gonna bet a nickel on that i'm just gonna say john's doing good here tonight i don't know how i did that but i think the for me that nacho filtered store pick after even having guessed this and knowing how they are i still would take that nacho filtered store pick over the old rip which i think is pretty crazy a lot of people covet that old rip a lot oh yeah and for anyone that follows participates keeps up whatever you want to say about secondary the old rip has moved possibly more than any other bottle that i can think of in the past six months even more so than lot b when you think about it 15 20 23 kind of stay where they are lot b has not moved like the old rip has and old rip has really moved yeah it's it shot up and almost caught up to lot b which falls back on a different trend which not to get off the beaten path but we we do seem to to bring up or notice that higher proofs seem to get more attention the 10 year old rip is a 107 pappy 15 is a 107 obviously weller antiques a 107 everything else is in the 90s i just think the bourbon society in general seems to be moving toward the higher proofs as they should right uh, that's where the flavor is in my opinion but that's just me and I think we talk about this all the time, the evolution of the bourbon drinker, how sometimes you, you stay in the 90s and then you move way up and then you start thinking about a different spirit. 
but I just really enjoy the cast strength bourbons a little bit better, something that's 100 or over. I don't really feel like I get bang for the buck all the time when it's something that's under 100. That being said, I still really do enjoy Elmer T. Lee, but I think that Mashville number two has a lot of spice in it, and I think there's complexity in that. I'm not getting a lot of complexity from the non-chill filtered store pick, bringing it back. How about that segue? That was pretty damn good, right? I agree and I disagree. I wouldn't say it's the most complex taste and flavor ever, but I will say that I thought the non-chill filtered. Well, do you know what? You don't even know what you did yet. So so tell me what your guesses are. These are just going off of your guesses right now. Sorry, but based on nose, which I, I, I have been feeling pretty good about lately. Zeke is overconfident right now. That is That oozes of confidence to me. I'm telling you, the nose... Do you want to put money on this one? The, the nose has been on point, especially for allergy season in the South. And I'm not even taking any medicine here. I'm doing good. You must be drinking your whiskey every day. Uh, maybe. I always am stuffed up. I always have allergies, so I'm fighting through. Maybe that's why I like cast strength more because it actually could get past the stuffiness that's in my nose so I could actually smell something. Uh, you gotta get one of those neti pots or something. People claim they do wonders. Yeah, my wife makes me do that a lot. She claims by sinus rinses. Oh, mine just tells me to wear more deodorant. <laughs> so what at the end of the day do you think your guesses are? Following up palate after the nosing I would say the first one still had a slight astringency, a little bit on the front end, but it, it really dissipated and turned into a, a very nice viscous. It worked up well. I really like things that, that work up and bring that kind of starch thickness into flavor. Just me. And the second one, I thought it had more flavor, less astringency, did not work up as much. Again, it was much more just balanced across the board, if you want to look at things that way. And then the third one, when it first hit the palate, I, I got bitterness, which kind of threw me off, to be honest. Once the bitterness dissipated, sweetness moved in. No matter how much I, I, I chewed or worked it, it, it just stayed thin throughout, never really got that viscosity that I would like to find. So that being said, you've tasted them, you've now described your taste, you've now described your super nose. What do you think they are? I would say one NCF, two old rip, and three just a regular store pick. People are going to think we set this up. This isn't, this isn't right, but you are 100% correct, and that hardly happens. We really didn't rig this at all. I, I promise I walked in the house and let the dog out and took care of my own business. And, and John set up mine. And inversely, he was out of the room when I set up his. Yeah. I don't I, know what he was doing. I can't claim that, but sorry. You let me go use the restroom. I asked permission, but we, we each set up each other's blinds while the other one was out of the room because we are big on that. Which one did you like better? Picking a winner out of this is tough. The regular pick was obviously the least preferred of my three, but picking a winner, I, I would go with the old rip as far as being a, a more balanced and, and truly well-rounded nose palette finish. But for the amount produced, ability to find source, even buy on secondary, etc. If it's your first time tuning in, John and I, we, we like to factor prices in. Bourbon goes up seemingly every day. 
as far as what something cost and we definitely don't want to recommend something that that isn't worth the money We'll, we'll give you both, too. We'll, we'll give you what we think tastes better, but then we'll also factor in price. And I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, when you look at this, and I know what you're about to say, and I'll, I'll speed us up a little bit, I like the thickness of the non-chill-filtered store pick better than the old rip. For me, I just like that experience more. But at $25, if you find it in the wild, if you are in with your local store, if you know how to get some non-chill-filtered, you know, at most... You're going to spend $25 in the store, maybe maybe $40 in the store if they're going to be a little bit different, and then $100 on secondary. When you look at Old Rip, you're looking at at least $130 in the store, unless you have a really good store that wants to do it at MSRP, which is $60. Secondary could go upwards of $350. So I think when you look at the price of it and what you're going to get from it, that non-chill filtered OWA, I would go with that every single day of the week. That, that to me, I think is crazy because if this was Goldilocks and the Three Bears, that non-chill filtered is maybe too thick for some people. The chill filtered is too thin. The old rip is just right. But I really enjoyed that experience of the non-chill filtered and and having that thickness and having that complexity in there more so than the medium middle of the road old rip. Exactly. And and to that note, we did try to see if the old rip makes any statements being chill filtered or non there's nothing on the bottle that we could find and in other research could not really find anything definitive I think that closes the book on this one. I have to agree. We will say that even a regular OWA pick goes fast. We both live in Nashville, obviously, and literally either one of us or both of us can get a text at 10 a.m. saying that Store XYZ has their OWA pick out. And by 5 p.m., you can also get a text saying, if you didn't make it, it's done. If you were at work and you couldn't get away, you're not going to get that pick. That's the climate that we live in. I know other people have mentioned that some of the stuff that we have thrown into blinds, it's very hard for people to get. If you look at a regular OWA, it is chill filtered opposed to some of those store picks that are non-chill filtered. So even when you have a store pick, you have to make sure you look at the certificate because a lot of store owners might say it's non-chill filtered. And unless you actually verify or if you really trust the person, you can find out if it's non-chill filtered or chill filtered. They have a certificate that comes with their their store pick that will give you all of the information that you want to know about that. Well, and on the regards to as far as uh, looping back into allocations, etc. If you think about it, if they're getting their own barrel pick, oh, Odds are they're getting 200 plus bottles. No store is getting that many old rips. So even if you're a semi to three quarters decent regular, odds are you can get that owner to set a bottle aside for you if you're tied up out of town. Whereas the old rip, again, you just you're really going to have to hit the the raffle or be in the upper echelon of buyers, which for most people means that's their business, their livelihood, and and that's how they get there. We would buy any single one of these bottles, right? Hands down. Yep, me too. Okay, go ahead and find us on Apple. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on Stitcher. We'll put this up on YouTube as well. We are going to skip the live this weekend. I'm sorry, I will be back home in New England, but we will be back. We'll have another podcast for you next week. I think that one's going to be pretty interesting. We don't want to let people know what it is yet, but we'll get to it. We have a lot of good stuff coming up, so make sure you you listen to us. Go ahead and put a review on whatever podcast provider you like. 
give us a five-star review. Write something. We'd love to hear from you. Write us directly, dadsdrinkingbourbon at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at dadsdrinkingbourbon, Twitter at bourbondads, Facebook backslash dadsdrinkingbourbon. Any other place I missed to make people find us? Nashville, Tennessee. All right, we'll come see us again next week. Thank you very much, and cheers. Good evening.